Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, what were we talking about last week? Does anybody remember? Praying for your children. Did anybody get anything out of that? Okay. We are, we're going to continue that. You know, and this, this whole thing, in fact, is I, I've kind of got another subject to go to when we get through with this, which probably won't be this week. I don't think I'm going to manage to get the, I said last week I had nine things, and we got to four last week, and I suspect we're only going to do three tonight. So that leaves me two and a little bit extra next week. So, but this, the next subject we're going to after that, it kind of all evolves from the study that we did on Proverbs. You know, it's just, it's just good practical wisdom, you know, for what we need to do in these differing areas. And so we started talking last week about how to pray for children. Two weeks ago, we were talking about, you know, just passing it on, the things that we need to pass on to our children. You know, just like David and Bathsheba passed on godly wisdom to Solomon, you know, it's up to us to pass that godly wisdom on to the next generation. Why? Because just like in Proverbs, it's when it, that phrase came up in Proverbs that you see so many times, my son, it actually means builder of the family name. And that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to take what we know and use it as a foundation to teach our children. And they're supposed to use it as a foundation to teach their children. And they're supposed to use it as a foundation to teach their children. You know, just building, 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 building. That's what it's all about. So anyway, we talked about that. And then we started last week talking about praying for your children. So number one, does anybody remember what number one was last week? Comprehend the love of God. I do seem a little loud to me. Can we turn me down just a little bit? Um, Number two, maintain a tender heart. Man, I tell you what, that's so important. You know, I can't, I can't emphasize that enough, that we need to pray that our children maintain a tender heart. You know, as they grow and they're exposed to this world at school and different places and things, it's so easy for them to turn um, hard-hearted toward the things of God. You know, and, and part of our responsibility in praying for them is to make sure they maintain that tender heart. Why? So God can teach them, so that God can correct them, so that God can help them when they need help. You know, sometimes, you know, even, you know, in our, our day, you know, just as old as we are, sometimes we think we can do it all ourselves. Yeah, I can do this. I can, you know, but you maintain a tender heart toward God. He can get through to you what you need to know for the situation you're in. And uh, the enemy wants nothing more than for us to harden our hearts toward the things of God. Growing up in church, I did that as a teenager. Stayed backslidden for a number of years. Uh, just strong-willed, hard-headed. I don't want anything to do with this, you know. I'm not impressed by any of this. And God couldn't get through to me. I mean, I managed to build up such a huge wall in my life that it took God a long time to get back through to me. You don't ever want your children to have to tear down a wall just so God can talk to them. You know, if we pray that, we, that they maintain that tenderness of heart, you know, there's no reason that God's not able to talk to them then. And so that was number two. Um, number three, what was number three? 
pray for wisdom. Oh, you were listening. I'm telling you, I'm so impressed with you guys. How about that? I told uh, Leslie Smith at church, everybody was so quiet. I was like, oh my heavens, are they bored out of their minds or what? You know, but actually you were listening. How about that? Pray for wisdom. Wisdom is, is, is what Proverbs was all about. You can know the Bible backward and forwards, up and down, in and out. You know, there are people who can quote massive amounts of the Bible, but it means absolutely nothing. If, they can't, if you can't take the Word of God and apply it to your life, it is nothing but just a book of poetry, just a book of stories, just a book of somebody's ideas. But I tell you what, when you take the word and you start applying it to different things, it's amazing how much God knows. You know, amazing. And he wants you to know what he knows. He wants you to take what he's put in his word, in his word, in the written word of God, be able to take it and to apply it to every single facet of our lives from one end to the other. There is nothing that the wisdom of God can't help you with at any age. So that was number three. Number four, and I tell you what, this last week, you know, says a lot about this. What was it? Protection. You need to pray for your children all the time. Um, PG was just telling me about a situation yesterday. I, he was, I was talking to him about something. We came by the house yesterday and uh, about something with Jack at school, and he said, he said, Amy was impressed like the day before to pray for protection for Jack. And then he tell, told me the situation that had unfolded. And I went, you know, that's just God. That's the role a parent plays. Being open to hear. I, I told you when we started this, this is not just a list of things for you to become mechanical about. This is a list of things just for you to be aware of and diligent in and let God lead you day to day on what do I need to pray today for, this, for this, these children of mine? What do I need to pray today? What is most important today? And then be open at any point during the day, you know, it's when the Spirit of God just suddenly starts saying, you need to pray about this, you need to pray about this, you need to pray about this, you need to pray about this. You know, we talked in the, when we were talking about wisdom, about wisdom for the right friends, Maybe there's somebody that's come into their lives that's going to be a terrible influence on them. Maybe that's where, you know, God has you focused. God, I just pray that they have the wisdom to choose and keep relationship with the right people, not with the wrong people. People that will build them up. People that will encourage them. People that will help them in their walk with you. Not somebody that will take away. Not somebody that will tear down. Uh, you, those are just areas which you just need to be open to. You, you know, if God just lays something on your house, something just kind of comes flitting across your mind, don't dismiss it. Stop. Pray. It doesn't have to be a long prayer. You're not, you're not there to spend 20 minutes on it. It could be just a simple, you know, two or three sentence prayer. And and while we're at me, we, we talk about this as though we're only talking about maybe school age or children that are still at home, you know, they're under our roof. But you know, this applies to our grown children as well. You are always going to be a parent. If you are a hundred, you're still a parent. And they still need your prayers. They still need them. There are times in their lives they desperately need you to be praying for them. 
And so you never, though the responsibility, the day-to-day, 24-7 responsibility isn't there anymore to actually care for them, the, the spiritual care for them is something that is yours for a lifetime. God didn't abandon us just when we grew up, now did he? So we don't abandon our responsibility as parents just because they're adults now. Just because they're, they've hit the AARP age. Or the Medicare age, which I'm about to find out. You know, so, you know, just remember that God wants you to just be mindful of these things in all these areas. So let's go on tonight. Let's, um, another one thing that you can pray for your children is that they have the favor of God in their lives. Evident, at work, always present, always there. Amen. You know, Psalm 5, let's go over there. Psalms 5, verses 11 through 12. Hallelujah. There we go. Verse 11 in Psalm 5 says, But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy, because you defend them. Let them also that love your name be joyful in them. That word that says defend, now your Bible, I'm reading from the Old King James. That word here that says, of oh, the Old King James Version, defend, also means protects. So there we go back to protection here. Anyway, uh, that love thy name, be joyful in thee. In verse 12, for thou, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor will you compass him as with a shield. God wants your children to be encapsulated in favor. Everywhere they go, in everything they do, with everyone they meet. You know, years ago, a, a gentleman by the name of Dr. Bob Buse, and I'm not even sure he's still alive today, came here, and his, he and his wife came, and they ministered here, and um, he was an older gentleman then, so I, I suspect he's probably gone on home to be with the Lord, and uh, he had a saying, I've got favor. Everybody likes me. You know what? We need to teach our children to say, I've got favor. Everybody likes me. I've used that more times than one when I've gotten stopped by the police. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, several times that has come into play really good thank you Lord thank you Lord have favor I have favor I have favor I have favor I remember one time we were coming home from a meeting up in the Mayo area and we were uh, had a car full of people and and uh and we were just having a cutting up having a good time and nobody was really paying attention to the speed that was being that I wasn't driving okay I wasn't driving and it got pulled over in the Branford area, and uh, here come the lights. And so, you know, when the lights came on, everybody in the car goes, favor, 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 yes, favor. <laughs> Had favor. <laughs> it's kind of tough when the policeman walks up and says, well, where you been? Well, I've been at church. <laughs> but you know what? What was so wonderful was that particular night that that young man said, been at church? I said, yeah, so where do you live? Well, in High Springs, and what do you do? Well, I'm a pastor there. You know what? He closed his book and said, my brother is a pastor. And he said, I knew I had it right then. I said, it didn't help that the rest of the car is praying for favor, you know. <laughs> but you know what? Favor will get you places. 
then, then other things won't. And what Kate McVeigh used to say all the time was, favor ain't fair. God's children have favor. God's children have favor. When nobody else is getting raises, God's children can get a raise. When everybody else has been told, no, you can't make up that test because you missed that day, my child's going to get to make up that test. When they were told, no about this, no about this, no about this, you know, one of the things about favor is you just need to keep pursuing something until you find the right person. Favor is out there. Don't settle for no. Favor is yours. God says favor is yours. So when a situation comes up, you're believing God for something or you need favor in something, just because one person says no doesn't mean the next higher up won't. I mean, I've seen that many times. You know, somebody told me, no, you can't, this can't be done. We can't do this. We can't do this. We can't do this. I'm going, no. No. You know, years ago, PG, when he was in the second grade, had an issue. He had an issue with his teacher. She didn't like him. And that was all there was to it. She didn't like him. So, you know, halfway through the year, she tells me he has this learning disability. And I'm going, really? And so they put him in this, this special program for people who have learning disabilities. And so about March of that year, I said to her, now, does this mean that when he goes to the third grade, he's still going to be in this same program? Oh, yeah. I said, oh, no. No, he's not. Because I knew it, he didn't have an issue. I knew he had a teacher problem not a reading problem. And so I went to her and I said, this is what we're going to do. We are going to, you're going to give me the books that he needs to read. We're going to go through these books at home. He's going to do this. And then when he's done with them, he's going to come back and you're going to test him so we can move on to the next book. Oh, no, we don't do that. I said, well, we're going to do that. See, sometimes you have to demand some favor. For your child, you have to demand some favor. You have to not say, uh, no, okay, well, that's just the way it is. No. If that's not what you need, then you keep on. You keep on after it until you get what you want. And sure enough, I got the books. We got him reading. We got the testing done. He went into the next grade, fully caught up with everybody else. And then the next year, he had a teacher who did like him. And it's a wonderful thing that suddenly he's just doing great. But you know what? Favor made the difference. I don't know if she gave it grudgingly to me that year or exactly what. But you know what? Sometimes if God says I can have favor, then bless God, I'm going to have favor. You're going to give me favor. You know, you, I'm going to have the wisdom I need to say what needs to be said. Well, sometimes you have to make it in a demand form. And sometimes you just, just say, oh, well, you know, why don't we talk about this some more? There's an easy, you know, just chilled way to do it. And there's sometimes just a, Nope, this is what we're going to do. I don't have to be nasty about it. I just have to be firm about it. Your children need to see that favor works for them at every age. They need favor when they go into a classroom, just like PG did that year. He needed favor because this lady did not like him. I mean, I, what's not to like? I mean, he was a cute kid, you know. He's still a cute kid. <laughs> But, you know, there's favor. If you go over to the book of Exodus, you will find that when Mo, uh, Pharaoh's daughter found uh, Moses in those bulrushes, he had favor. Such favor. She knew. She took one look at him. She knew he was an, he was an Israelite. She knew he was of the people of Israel. And yet there was favor there 
so much favor, she took him into her own house and raised him as her own. He had all the benefits of living in the king's palace for those next years because the favor of God was on him. In fact, um, let me just look at it real quick. Uh, you don't have to turn there. Let me find it real fast. I think it was Exodus 2. Now, I'll come back to this because this action is going to apply better in another place. Okay, never mind. But over in, in the book of Ruth, Ruth 2, verse 13, Ruth found favor with Boaz. Ruth, who was a stranger in the land of Israel, found favor with Boaz, somebody who shouldn't even be looking her way because she was not of the house of Israel. And yet, he gave her favor. You know, just because somebody says you don't belong doesn't mean you're not going to have favor. Oh, you don't belong here. You don't belong in this group. You don't belong in this class. You don't belong in this job. You, you can still have favor. You're going to have to believe God for favor. You need to pray that your children have favor everywhere they go, especially at school. You know, there's favor that they need every single day with teachers, with librarians, with counselors, with other students, with PE teachers, with coaches. There's all kinds of areas just with people that they need favor with. You can believe God that they have that favor. You know, over in Genesis 32, Jacob found favor with Esau. Jacob, who was the um, aggressor or the uh, what's the best word for that? He wasn't the aggressor. He was the, what? Somebody, what? He would, they called him the supplanter. He was the guilty party in this relationship. And yet he found favor. Do you know you can have issues with people? Your children will have issues with people. And yet the very people that they have issues with, they can find favor with them. Mm-hmm. How about that bully at school? There's, there's a lot of that going around. Of course, you know, we, we, we grew up with that kind of stuff, nonsense. I, I remember a particular incident in my life when I was in junior high that was, I, it was just devastating to me. And, and I wish I had known then what I know now about favor with this particular girl. And, but your children can have favor, even in those kind of situations. Jacob had it with Esau. And Jacob was the guilty person. And so there's favor there anytime, any place. Um, Daniel, go over with me to Daniel. I'm going to stop in the first chapter of Daniel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, let's see. Let's just, just start in verse 6. It says, now among these, uh, these were the children, have been, children of Israel have been taken into captivity to Babylon. In verse 6, now the, among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. 
But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now, God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. Here, an example of somebody who stood by his moral compass. He did what was right in the sight of God. He did not compromise his integrity. He didn't compromise his upbringing. He didn't compromise where his God was concerned. And he determined not to follow the same path that the rest of these young men were going, you know, that were in this household. He decided he would not defile himself. You know, there are times when you have to take a stand. And when you take a stand, your children need to know they need to take a stand in this world for what's right. And when they do, don't be concerned about what it might cost because divine favor belongs to them. Divine favor. And so it went on, and it's, it's talked about... Uh, uh, let's just down in here in verse uh, 12. It says, Prove your servants, I beseech thee, ten days, and let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Then let our countenances be looked upon before thee, and the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat. And as you see, deal with thy servants. So he consented to them in this matter and proved them ten days. At the end of ten days, their countenances appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the meat of the king's, the portion of the king's meat. Thus Melzar took away the portion of their meat and the wine that they should drink and gave them pulse. And, listen to this. This is the result. As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill and all learning and wisdom. You know, there's, there's a lot of uh, repercussions when you do the right thing. Favors one of them. Skill, learning, wisdom. That's another. So you see here that there's, there's all kinds of avenues that favor can take you to. You know, just believe God. You know, I, I, I was in a, in a place, you know, working in Oklahoma when pastor was in Bible school, and I worked for these five doctors, and I've told you this story before. I know it was a group of five doctors, and I did all their x-ray, did all their lab, and one day uh, the guy who was working lab threw away a blood sample from, from this lady that was very hard to get blood out of, and he, the doctor comes to me, and, and he says, I want you to call her up, call that patient up, and I want you to tell her that we just don't have enough, that we need more. Don't tell her he, that it got thrown away. And I said, now, Dr. Art, now, he was like the bear. He was this big, tall, I mean, husky. He was, we actually called him bear behind his back because he looked like a big old bear. But he's probably the least likely. He's the one who had the biggest temper around there. And he's probably the least likely one for you want to just say anything but yes, sir, too. And I remember looking at him and saying, Dr. Art, I'm not going to do that. That's a lie. Greg threw it away. I mean, he wasn't paying attention. He threw it away. And if you want me to call her, that's what I'm going to tell her. So unless you want me to tell her the truth, you'll have to make that call. Now, I kind of stood back. You know, take a step backwards, folks. And he looked at me and went, and off he went. It's 
So I guess he called her. She came back in the next day. We got the blood. That's when I had to say, oh, thank you, Jesus. You know, help me find this lady's vein again. Hallelujah. You know, and he did. And she went on her way. We got the test done and everything. But it was amazing the rapport I had with that doctor after that. When you stick up for what's right, tell your children, always do what's right. And the favor of God will protect you. The favor of God will bring you up. The favor of God will make things work for your good. And it does. It absolutely does. Uh, uh, Luke talked about the fact that Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. You don't need favor necessarily with God. You've got his favor already. But you sure need it with people. You sure need it with institutions. You know, when somebody, you know, gets on the phone with your child, you know, maybe they're going to be making an application to a college or something, and they've got their little, their little path they're going to go down. You know, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. Oh, but you didn't do this. You know, favor can come into play. When they go into, into high school, they're choosing electives. Well, they need a particular class. Well, it's all full. You can't have that class. Favor can get them in that class anyway. When they get old enough to get a job, favor can be theirs. Listen, if your children are getting old enough, because I, I know I'm talking a lot here, you know, about children as far as, you know, maybe the ones that are still at home. Once your children are old enough to get a part-time job and they need to get one, they need to learn that, you know, certain things they need to pay for. It's, it's that teaching of responsibility, you know, step by step, stepping them into it. But teach them that they have favor, that they would go to get a job, and maybe most of them, you know, find themselves, you know, in retail or maybe food like McDonald's or something. They do not have to settle for the schedules that they're given. They can have favor so that they don't have to miss church, so that they don't have to miss activities. Oh, but yeah, they, don't, they won't do that. What? They won't do it? Well, why not? Are you not helping them believe God for favor? My children got part-time jobs when they were teenagers. They never had to miss a Sunday, never had to miss a, a Wednesday for work. They had such favor that even PG, you know, he worked at, you remember anybody remember service merchandise? You know, and it's open. They want him to work on Sunday. He said, well, I can't come in until 1, and I have to leave at 5. And they were open like noon to six. And they went, okay. Okay, sure. All right. There's no reason why your children can't fail. Don't come tell me, well, now they've taken a part-time job, you know, and, and they've got to work. You know, they can't, they can't come on Sundays. Yes, they can if you believe God for favor. That's an excuse. Don't take the easy way out. The easy way out says, well, they just have to, have to you know, just have to take the schedule that they're given. No, they don't. I remember when Leah was in, was in college and she worked for Wendy's and she told them from the very beginning I don't work Sundays and I don't work Wednesdays and so they abided by that for the most part and ever so often they put her name on a Sunday she'd just go back to the manager and say I told you I don't do Sundays I don't do Sundays don't bow to the pressure just because somebody puts your name on, a, on, on the Sunday schedule you don't let, let them bow to pressure because, no they have favor Favor is an important part of their lives, and you need to believe God for it. Favor, 
They're in a fog all the time. The favor of God. They're in a constant fog. Amen. No matter what comes their way. Hallelujah. Proverbs 13, 15 talks about giving. Good understanding gives favor. Proverbs 16, 17 says, When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Now, one of the ways you get and maintain favor in life is to sow favor. Teach them to sow favor. When they have a job, don't show up two minutes late. Show up two minutes early. Don't leave as soon as the clock hits five. Leave when it's 5.05 or whenever the job is done. Too many people come rushing in at the last minute. Well, I was, I was here, I was here, uh, but you weren't ready to work. You know, uh, put, in, put in eight hours worth of, of work. In eight, if they don't, you want them to pay you eight hours, you put in eight hours worth of work, at least. The person who does more than they're asked to do will have favor. And that favor is worth a whole lot more than the few extra minutes you put into that job. But if you're going to have favor, you need to sow favor. Well, they've asked me to take on another project. Well, show favor. Show favor. By saying, I will do that. So many applications of this. You know, just in, in ordinary life. You know, but it's across the board. You know, do your best. Don't just do enough to get, tell them, don't, in your schoolwork, don't do just enough to get by. Do better than what it takes to just get by. And let God work in your, in your behalf. Teach them, expect favor. Mom and dad are praying for you that you have favor everywhere you go. You can expect favor everywhere you go. Put that, that acronym FOG you know, somewhere. They can see it when they need it. The favor of God is all over me. Hallelujah. Okay, that's number with the first one we're going to get to tonight. Let's, uh, ah, maybe we might not make all three tonight. Number, the next one, I've just kind of had to move things around. The next one we're going to talk about is prayer for your children that they find and fulfill God's plan for their lives. Find and fulfill God's plan for their lives. Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. Before you came out of the womb, I sanctified you and ordained you a prophet unto the nations. You know, it's not that everybody's going to be a prophet to the nations. Not everybody's going to be a particular thing. But the idea here is God, from the moment you're conceived, has a plan for your life. And as parents, we need to pray diligently and often that the plan of God is fulfilled in our children's lives, that they find it and that they fulfill it completely. Completely. So many people, you know, eventually get there. And thank God we eventually get there. I, you know, I'm, I, I went down that path where I didn't fulfill God's plan, you know, entirely probably on his timetable but thank he thankfully he I had favor with God and he kept working at it he kept working with me until he got me to a place where I was ready to step into his plan um, Proverbs 3 verses 5 through 6 we just want to refer to Proverbs so much during all of this 
because it, it's such a wonderful book full of such wonderful things. Help for us. Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord. You know, we use this all the time. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. I've got written here, and, and I, you know, sometimes I write down the translation this comes from, and sometimes I just put it in there and, and don't give an uh, indication of where, it got, where I got it from. But that phrase, he shall direct your paths, I've written down here, crown your efforts with success. He will crown your efforts with success. Amen. Um, Isaiah 55. We know this one, starting in verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Listen, God's got the best plan. No matter what plans we lay out, if they don't jive with God's plans, his plans are still better. Yeah, but I'm going to do this. I've got the potential to do this. Listen, God's plan is still better. What you think is so wonderful may not be that wonderful at all when it all get boiled down. But God's plans are the best plans. I'm telling you what, God's plans are the only place that your children are going to find true happiness and fulfillment in this life. It's the only place. Oh, they might, they might be satisfied in a measure, but completely and fully satisfied can only be found when you're walking out the plan of God. The plan of God. And it involves so many things. Listen, I start out with these kind of notes and, and, I, and I print them out and then I start right making myself notes all over them and it becomes a jumbled up, you know, kind of a thing. So uh, I'm going to do my best because I got a lot of stuff today you know, on this. Um, God's plans are not mama and daddy's plans. Do you hear me? Mama and daddy's plans don't always jive with God's plans. Don't you decide what the plan of God is for their life. You know, in the olden days, if your father was a carpenter, you were going to be a carpenter. If your father was a shipbuilder, you're going to be a shipbuilder. Things were passed down from father to son, you know, generation after generation after generation. Let God decide your child's future. You know, as you pray it out, pray over them, pray that you fall in line with God's plan for them. That you come alongside that as well. You know, sometimes we look at our children and we, and we see the potential and we see the attributes and we just, we kind of, if we're not careful, we'll decide that, well, they need to do this with their life and they need to do this with life. What is God saying? If God tells you what they're going to do in their lives, great. Pray it out. Don't harass them about it. Don't harass them about it. Some things they need to find out for themselves. 
And if, as you pray for them, God will lead them down a path so that they will discover that for themselves. There are, have been places in the Bible we can go to. And in fact, um, go with me to Judges 13. Judges, you know, Joshua Judges. Judges 13. This is the story of Samson. An angel appears to Manoah and his wife, you know, and tells him about the birth of Samson. And the, the interesting thing here in verse 8, Manoah entreated the Lord and said, Oh, my Lord, let the man of God which you sent to us come to us again and teach us what we shall do unto the child that shall be born. That should be the heart of every parent. Teach us what we should do for him. They were given specific instructions about how they were to, how they were to raise him. They were told that, he was, that, that as she was pregnant, that she would not drink wine or strong drink or eat on any unclean thing. Uh, they, told, they told the parents that they, they were not to cut his hair. Um, in verse 7, Behold, you shall conceive and bear a son, and now drink no wine or strong meat, neither eat any unclean. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the, day of his, from, the, his, from, the, from the womb to the day of his death. You know, they told him not to cut his hair. You'll find the same kind of thing happened over in Luke chapter 1 where John the Baptist was concerned. They were given specific instructions. And in fact, quickly, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn over here to Luke real fast. Um, In this particular instance where John the Baptist was concerned, it's just nice that uh, God laid it out so clearly for Zacharias and Elizabeth. In verse 15 of Luke 1, it says, For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God, and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. They had a specific plan, and they saw the destiny of that child already because they were told. And I, I don't know how much they told him as he grew up. I know that they followed the wisdom that God laid out for them and how they raised him. But how much did they tell him? I don't know. I know we can make a mistake sometimes in, in deciding to tell our child maybe what God has told us about where they're headed. They need to discover that. Why? Because... When the going gets tough, they need to know that it was a decision they chose, not that somebody forced on them. They need to be able to know that. You know, I, you know in raising two kids, I mean, so many, so many times, you know, in a, in a pastor's home, the children follow in the footsteps of the parents. And, and you, know, young, you know, early days, you know, we, we thought, okay, you know, that may, that's a possibility. But you know what? We knew from the start that... Both of our boys, regardless of what God called them to do in life, would have to discover that for themselves. But they would have to be sure that they were doing exactly what God had for them. 
what his plan was. For them. And you know what? There are times when people are called of God to do something besides ministry. They're, they're called of God for a specific purpose that is in line with the overall plan of God. You know, God's got a plan for this, whole war, for this whole world. His plan, his timeline, when Jesus is coming back, we all play a part in it. And so we need to make sure that we keep our kids in a place where they're hearing from God about what God wants them to do with their lives and the part they play in the overall plan of God for this earth. You know, um, some people are called to be a blessing in their local church. Some people are called to be an avenue of financial support for the gospel. A man that went recently we went home to be with the Lord, in fact, a man who, who donated all the trusses that are in that building next door was somebody who, wasn't, who didn't even graduate from high school. But he went into business for himself with just a couple hundred dollars that he scraped together from his father-in-law. And he went into business, and he became a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. And all the profits of his company, which he had divisions, all kinds of places, all these things he took and, and put into a foundation, and he financed the gospel, financed missionaries, financed churches, donated trusses to churches all over the world. You tell me that's not a specific calling. You know, we, we, need, we need to open our eyes and, and, and redefine the word calling sometimes. It's not just called to a pulpit ministry. It's not called to a fivefold ministry. It's called to the plan of God. And that's what our children need to find out is, what's my part in the plan of God? Where do I fit in this? What am I going to best be used to? If, if, if I'm not called to pulpit ministry, am I, where am I called to serve in the body, to put my talents, to put my efforts, to put my abilities? Where is that? And then do it. And along the way, as God as it tells you as a parent, you know, maybe enlightens you, reveals some things to you, you begin to just, you know, you know, just... Enable them, enhance those gifts, encourage them, not push them, encourage them in those areas of their lives. Some people are gifted with money, gifted to be able to, to just turn one dollar into a thousand. Then there's people who are just, I mean, blessings in the local church. You know, Joshua and Caleb were both called to help Moses. One went on to lead the people of Israel. The other was just still in the helps. There are, there are people who are divinely appointed to be in areas of helps. That reward, that person is rewarded as well as any minister who ever stands behind a pulpit because they accurately, completely fulfill God's plan for their lives. And we need to help them find that. There are people who are called of God for pivotal moments in history. It seems like nothing's really all that special about them, but God is able to use them at a particular time, in a particular place, in a particular moment to sway the course of history. Look at Esther, just a Jewish girl, pretty. And one day the king's men come along and say, oh, she needs to come to the king's house. So she came to the king's house. She was the instrument that God used to save his people from destruction. How about Rahab? Rahab, 
somebody not without a covenant, and yet she recognized that God was in what was happening, and God used her in a pivotal, pivotal moment. You know, you could live an entire lifetime, and if God only used that one moment, you were born for that one moment. Oh, my heavens, look at the results of that one moment. That one moment. Rahab went on to be in the lineage of David. You know, obviously then in the lineage of Jesus. Gideon, just somebody called out by God. There are people all through the Bible you can see that were called for specific moments. There are people that we see that the plan of God did not, did not open itself up until they were later in life. Let's face it, the disciples were all grown men when Jesus called them. Already established in careers. They were fishermen, they were tax collectors, they were doctors. Already established in a career and yet now God's called them to something. See, the plan of God doesn't, you think sometimes, well, I don't know what the plan of God is. Well, you just keep pursuing that. You keep having your children pursue it. You know, hey, you know, you don't know what God wants you to do with your life. Fine, go to school. You know, just get a, just get a general education. You know, just walk it out. Just love God continually. Just stay in love with him. Stay in fellowship with him. Just keep serving where you are. Just keep doing what you know to do. And the plan will unfold. It will unfold. People get too big a hurry. Too big a hurry. There's sometimes that people aren't called until later in life to the plan, the specific plan God's has for them, but they need that time to establish foundations in their lives. Need that time just to be steady, to be stable, so that he can use them later so that he can use them. Hallelujah. Um, our children need to know where God's taking them every step of the way. Choices they make, it affects their call. It affects what the plan is for their lives. The school that they wind up at, the college they wind up at, how many times has somebody made a wrong choice of what institution of higher learning that they went to that derailed the plan of God in their lives? You need these are things to pray about, people. These are things to pray about. Every decision should be in line with the plan of God. My oldest child, you'd think, oh, he comes from a pastor's house. Obviously, the best place for him to go to school would be ORU. And he went out there and went, nope, this isn't it. Of course, he decided FSU is the place he needed to go. Fortunately, he went up there and he went, this isn't it. You know, so he looked at several. And then, he, then, he walked, then we took him down to the campus of USF. And he went, this is it. And that the choice that he made to go there opened up the rest of his life to him. It's where he met his wife. You know, it's where he continues today, where he's serving in his local church. He had an opportunity when he got out of school to, to go work for NASA, something he had dreamed of. 
And yet something just said, mm, no, don't, don't, no, don't do that. So he didn't do it. He was following God's plan. NASA basically shut down. All those people he you know, would have gone to work for would have been out of job. And yet God has, God has taken him along his path in life. It all matters, but they need your prayers so that they make the right choices every step of the way. Every step of the way. Don't assume that this step doesn't matter. Don't assume that this decision doesn't matter. Pray that they always make the right choice that's in line with God's plan for them. Amen. And I did too, and I'm going to stop. Amen. You know, before I let you go, Psalm 127, verse 4. This is an interesting, interesting verse. Psalms 127. Verse 4. Uh, let's see. Well, verse 3 says, Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Listen, your children are like the arrows that God has given you. You need to make sure they're pointed, aimed, and released into the right direction at all times. Um, when you see talent beginning in your children or a heart for a particular area of ministry in the local church especially your part is to encourage that encourage that I, you know it's unfortunate that there are times when when children as young children as elementary school age maybe middle school age have such a heart for God and a parent doesn't help them nurture that. And by the time they're out of high school, they no longer care. No longer care. Because as parents, they failed that child. They failed God. They failed to do their part to make sure that that child was able to find and fulfill the plan of God for their lives. So don't do that. They're arrows. Shoot them straight. Shoot them accurately. Shoot them in, a, in, in such a way that they go further than they could go by themselves because they're, they're flying through this, through the air because of your prayers. Your prayers help them. Your prayers help them keep that straight path and land where God wants them to land. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.